Hey guys, so hope everybody's doing well. Um, I have just been, I'm in Bangor. Um, I get physio in Bangor on a Friday. Um, not all the time, but um, Sai and I have a facility in Bangor where you can get physio. Um, and it's the last little bit of physio before Paris Half Marathon. Um, basically, I wouldn't normally get physio this close to a race, but um, my neck was a little bit sore. Like Sometimes when you wake up with a bit of a creak in your neck, um, and, well, for most people, you've, like, slept funny or, um, I don't know, something else. I... <laughs> This is sound, it's gonna sound bad, but I think about a week ago to 10 days ago, um, I did hot yoga and we were doing, we were doing some sort of pose that involved like, I get, not like a headstand because that's gonna sound ridiculous, but I guess you had hands on the ground and you were leaning on your head. And it was kind of like half a headstand, like you were practicing. Yeah, I mean, it already sounds ridiculous that I was trying to do headstands. But I think I did a headstand and oh, I didn't do a headstand. I did kind of half a headstand, kind of like practicing eventually that you'd be able to do like a headstand. But with your hands on the ground, so you're supporting, you're supposed to be supporting your body weight. Um, yeah, it kind of sounds like a bit of a dick move, really. Um, but yeah, I, I woke up two days ago there with a, a bit of a, I couldn't turn my head to the left and that was really annoying and I didn't want to go do a race, um, without being able to like turn, um, just because it doesn't feel good and anyone that's had that issue before and like the traps and the shoulders and the neck just makes you feel a bit sick and it's not very nice. So I went and got that sorted. Um, bit of context, anyone that hasn't been listening, um, I've been training in Belfast, a little bit of training in the UK, um, over in Teddington, um, I suppose Belfast is the UK and Ireland, so um, yeah, I've been, a, I've been more predominantly UK and Ireland based for this build up, in fact totally, like 10 weeks, um, and that's worked, that's worked pretty well. Um, so I spent a bit of time over in London and Teddington and then now I've spent a big chunk of my time, you know, in Ireland and which I, which I really like doing. I get a lot of like, not like confidence, but it feels good to have like prepared for an event, you know, in your home country and, and with the support that you have at home and like, even like things like when I go for a run at like Mary Peters track or down the toolpath or like when people recognize you it's quite nice and you feel that support so you know maybe it's just somebody on the toolpath saying like hi Steven or um, it, it's just really nice it, it's a nice environment um, whereas you know is it small fish big pond you know when you're in America and nobody really knows you and, and nobody to be honest really gives a shit in terms of not the people close to me but like the general public etc etc they, they don't really care if you run well or blah 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 but when you're at home you feel that love you feel that connection and um, I've really really liked that so I've prepared at home 
I, I've trained in a way, like a, a kind of a new system that I that I talked a bit about on some of the podcasts. If you want to go back and listen to that, um, a lot more, a lot more thresholdy stuff. Um, threshold, mainly doing intervals. You know, one k reps, two k reps, um, sometimes two mile reps, um, but mainly shorter intervals. Um, and then I've. I have done some longer tempos, like, you know, I did a 10 mile, I did a 12 mile, I did 15 mile, um, but they were, they were more of a marathon type day, not so much half marathon. And so the only nervousness I would have about the half marathon is aside from the, you know, I, you can't turn around and say you haven't trained for a half marathon when you've been doing a lot of, you know, thresholdy type stuff. But the thresholdy type stuff has has been like shorter intervals, you know, like I just said, 1K, 2K, um, etc., etc. I did do one longer tempo last Friday. So last Friday I did a five mile effort. Um, the, the whole purpose of doing it was to help Paris. Um, I went to Victoria Park. You know, I did a bit of a warm-up, and then I had no idea what speed I would run. I just wanted to do five mile, pretty solid, feel good. And so I think the first mile was like 4.37. Like, I kind of, I didn't, yeah, like, I kind of got after it a bit. I kind of just like, all right, you know, not, yeah, kind of pretending it was like the race. Decent start, out hard. Um, and then I settled into a nice sort of rhythm around that pace, and it felt really good, like, you know, I, I think I ran five miles in 23.20, something like that, which is obviously, I, I think it's a PB, to tell you the truth, for five mile. Um, but I think I've ran, it's a, it's a PB for if I did do a five mile road race, but I've ran quicker going through five mile in a 10K. I'm pretty sure at Lauren Half Marathon, we went through five mile and something similar because we were running like 440 pace. Um, so I could say PB, but remember in Lauren Half Marathon, I think we went through 10 miles in like 46.30. And so that's 23.15 twice. Um, God, I ran really well at Lauren Half Marathon. Like, I guess a year and a half ago now, that was a fucking good day. <laughs> um, it's kind of annoying because it's kind of ruined everything else. Um, but yeah, no, look, training's gone well. Um, I, I guess the reason for a podcast today, um, I'm going to talk about fueling. And I don't talk about nutrition that much on the podcast, but I feel like I really have to because... I, I realized something this week, like, I don't normally have breakfast, I normally just have a coffee, um, and away I go, sometimes I have like half a banana, sometimes I have one slice of toast, um, and so that's kind of like on a session day, and so I'm not, I'm not like suggesting I never have breakfast, because, well, I've just told you that I have like a, you know, on a session day I might have a slice of toast, or, but I, I used to think, I was quite lazy, and what I mean by that is, I'd, I'd, I'd want to lie in to like maybe 8, 8.30, even though I'm doing a session at like 9.30, whereas this week I decided Tuesday and Thursday to get up a little bit earlier, like two, three hours before, 
and practice um, what I might do before a race. And so I, I got up like three hours before. I had a bowl of porridge. Um, in the bowl of porridge, I had peanut butter, banana, and honey. And then I would sip on a carbohydrate drink um, up until about one hour before. And I wanted to... I wanted to see, because I've been wearing, if anybody knows what's called Super Sapiens, if you don't know what's called Super Sapiens, you should Google that. Um, it's a it's a live glucose tracker. Um, it kind of lets you know how your body responds to certain foods, which is fucking magical for running. Really, really magic. Um, and, and I'll get on to that. But basically... I wanted to see how my body responded, uh, um, you know, having a decent breakfast, did it help training? And if I'm being really honest, I felt absolutely awful Tuesday and Thursday, which is a disaster. Like you're talking race week, um, you know, going to the track, doing a session, feeling really shit, um, et cetera, et cetera. Now, most people, most listeners would assume it's the taper, it's because I'm nervous. Absolutely sweet F all to do with nerves or the taper, 100% linked to porridge, banana, peanut butter, carbohydrate drink. So what's happening on the app when it shows you your live glucose, what's happening when you have um, every single component of that breakfast is like a starchy carbohydrate combined with um, simple sugars like peanut butter, honey, banana. Um, it's all, all, all it's doing is creating an absolute roller coaster. So a, like a legit roller coaster of glucose spikes. The glucose spikes and it goes from like Literally on the app, it goes from like maybe 80 to like 140. That's a big spike really quickly. Like it all happens within like a 10 minute, 15 minute period. And then because there's a big spike, it's what's called an insulin drop. So the body, the body realizes that your glucose is going really high and it basically decides, fuck this, um, I'm going to release insulin and by releasing insulin, I'm going to bring that glucose back down, right? But your body doesn't think, ah, but Scully has a session in, in 45 minutes here, or Scully has a session in an hour, so we need to not release too much insulin. The body just goes, oh shit, glucose, 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 oh fuck, insulin, insulin, insulin. And it's kind of like... It's kind of like these two products wrestle with each other. And and then the end result is you feel tired, you feel a bit lethargic, etc., etc. You actually feel really shit. So my morning, remember that I don't normally really do breakfast. And if I do, it's within one hour before. And so basically what probably used to happen, now I, I didn't have the monitor on, so I don't, know this for a fact well actually I kind of do because I practice it today if you if you eat within one hour 
like in that 45 minutes to one hour to go, what happens is when you start your warm-up, you're actually starting your warm-up while the while the insulin and the blood glucose, sorry, while the blood glucose, not the insulin, while the blood glucose is still rising, and it hasn't really done that like crash and burn yet, but it's when it does the crash and the burn, like the dumping phase. But if you've, what happened on Tuesday, basically Tuesday I had spike drop, then as I was sipping on the carbohydrate drink, I had another spike drop, and then I started my warm up on the second drop, and the drop went even lower. So instead of, the glucose sits about 70 to 80 for me as a baseline, and if I have no breakfast, if I just have a coffee, it'll sit between 80 and 90 when I'm training. Now, of course what you want is probably like 110, 120, that would be like optimum. And you kind of want to get to 110, 120 without a spike and a drop. So you don't want it to spike up to 160 and then, you know, maybe crash and burn down to 60 or whatever. Like that's what's been happening. So the moral of this story, the point I'm telling you this is because there's probably a lot of athletes listening that are, you'd, you'd be better waking up just having a black coffee and then 30 minutes before your session, having 30 to 40 minutes before your session, having like a banana or half a banana. And that would, the banana still causes a bit of a, a spike, but the drop isn't as much. And if you time it right, about 30 minutes before, you'll actually find it's rising, it's rising while you're starting your warm up. And for the warm up and the first couple of reps, you'll at least feel good for the start of your session. And then the body naturally releases its own, its own glucose to meet the demands of your session. So you're not using, you're using the banana to help the start of your session. And then your body is naturally gonna do its job and help you during the second half of the session. Or midway through the session, you could have an energy gel, which is kind of like cheating, but that again will pump a little bit of glucose into the body. So I reckon a lot of people listening are probably going to have bad, bad races, bad days in training because of this, like this spike of glucose and then this big drop, this insulin dump and this big, big drop. And, and basically we're, we're doing this in life all the time. I, I'm, the more I've looked into this and the more I'm reading and listening to podcasts and we're, we're basically living in a roller coaster of glucose glucose peaks and then our body releases insulin big big drop and like i listened to a thing on joe rogan's podcast and he basically talked about like 80 percent of people that are having like naps in the afternoon are having a nap because they had fucking pizza for lunch and that's essentially what he's saying like not everyone's having pizza for lunch but if you're having just carbohydrates you know bread um porridge like pasta etc etc if you don't combine it with protein you're basically just getting this glucose spike and a big insulin dump and a big drop and the the trick the trick is to almost have a savory breakfast right or something savory in your breakfast so what i've been practicing ever since tuesday and thursday um and believe me 
I, I, I almost didn't want to go race Paris because I thought there was something wrong. That's how bad I felt in training. I thought there was something wrong with my body. Like I was going to get a bug or I, I, like I was, you know, lethargic or I was maybe going to get COVID or, you know, something along these lines. Um, and yeah, so I, 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 I practiced, I, I did a lot of research on it. I did a lot of reading. Um, and basically, if you combine carbohydrates with a bit of protein, it, it, the protein acts as a funnel. So think toast, protein and fat. Protein, I think, is the main help as the funnel, and that slows down the glucose rise and makes it a lot more steady. So what I did was I practiced having um, basically toast, avocado, and two eggs, and that was enough um, that when I kept an eye on the graph, it looked absolutely lovely. The graph looked amazing. No big, no big spike, no big up, and no big down. Whereas if I just had toast and butter, there was still a bit of a spike and a bit of a drop. So fat, fat's going to help. Fat and protein is going to help even more. Avocado is quite high in fat. So you can have toast, avocado and two eggs. And that's absolutely wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Body absolutely loves it. But just be careful. Um when it comes to pre-race fueling. Um, and I, I, obviously you should do a lot of your pre-race fueling in the day or two before, and then your breakfast should just be very simple. But you'd, like I'm telling you now, you'd be better having like two poached eggs for your breakfast race morning than having a big bowl of porridge with honey and peanut butter and banana, unless you have the big bowl of porridge with honey, all the rest of it, about three hours before, and you you pretty much ignore how you feel over the next hour or two, because you understand that what's happening is your glucose has gone up, you've got the fuel in, which was important, but your glucose has gone really high, and then you know your body's released insulin, and that's dropped, your glucose has then dropped, and lower than what it was before you ate the porridge. Like, it might have been sitting at 80, and then it's probably dropped to like, I don't know, um, 60. And then your body will gradually, it'll gradually creep back up again to, you know, maybe 80 or 90. But that's a two to three hour process. And if you time it wrong, you're going to feel really, really shit. Really shit. Like I, I, I felt dizzy. I felt lightheaded. I felt lethargic, etc., etc. It's It's awful. And it's awful that that has nothing to do with fitness and nothing to do with all the hard work you've put in, that's just a mistake on race morning. But at the end of the day, this is why we practice. This is why I tried it Tuesday. This is why I tried it Thursday. And um, what I did was Thursday afternoon, I didn't have, um, you know, any like high carb, it, like snacks or anything like that. I seen that my glucose was way better than in the morning. In the morning on the treadmill, it was like 70, 65, 70. Me and Ricky were both like, what the fuck? My my heart rate was low, but my lactate was kind of not good. Things like this. Um, and then what I did in the afternoon was, you know, no carbs, you know, just kept it very, very simple. Um, and I go to the track 
I can see that the glucose is in a way better place. I take a gel, I watch the glucose start to rise, and then I start my session. And I feel incredible. I mean incredible. Thursday morning, as in yesterday, I didn't even want to go to Paris. I was so concerned that maybe I was getting a bug or, or something was wrong because I couldn't understand why I had felt so bad on Tuesday and then really bad Thursday. I, like I was, I was shocked at how bad I felt and how hard work running felt. Um, and then all of a sudden, Thursday afternoon, get the nutrition right, felt absolutely incredible. Incredible, I mean, I mean, moving to a mindset where you're thinking PB, you know, I can go to like Paris and I can, you know, attack my PB. I can really go after 440 per mile for 13 mile. Now that doesn't mean I will, but that's the difference in getting the nutrition right versus wrong. So I thought that was an interesting, um, hang, let me have a drink. I thought that was an interesting topic to cover. Um, what I would advise you to do is practice for yourself. Um, you can also order the Super Sapiens if that's something that you want to do. Um, I'm, I'm currently not sponsored, but I might look into it. Um, I have been emailing the guy, so I don't have like, use discounts code Scully. I don't, I, that's not one of these podcasts. It might eventually become <laughs> that in a couple of weeks if they do sponsor me but um, I might have learned enough this week by you know buying it myself and using it myself that um, I don't actually need more but I do think it's well worth it if you're pretty serious about what you're doing um, it's 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 more it's more being able to in terms of life quality I think life quality will improve if you start to eat the right foods that are going to make you feel good and make you feel well fueled for, throughout the day. You need to start avoiding this this sort of like spike and dump. We don't want, that's what we're trying to avoid. We're trying to avoid this idea where we have a glucose spike and then a dump, spike and a dump. And that's happening all the time. It even happened when I, when I had dinner, you know, I had potatoes and, and beef and and, and you know, like apparently white potatoes, I thought white potatoes were fucking genius. Apparently white potatoes are basically just a, a simple starch carbohydrate and so they're gonna create that exact same um, spike and dump. This afternoon I'm actually gonna try quinoa. <laughs> I'm gonna have quinoa. I might have like a, like a quinoa salad with like eggs. So I might actually have like, yeah, I'm gonna combine some carbs, maybe like pasta, quinoa, a um, couple of eggs in a nice salad and um, you know potentially the quinoa and the eggs the eggs should help it release a bit slower I guess I could have avocado too and um, which will also you're you're basically just what this lady on Instagram was suggesting is most simple carbohydrates pretend they're just naked that's how she says it they're naked carbohydrates and what you're doing by adding in avocado and eggs or, or like the proteins and the, and the fat is you're putting clothes on the carbs. And then by putting clothes on the carbs, that slows down 
um, the speed that your that the glucose is getting released into the blood, and it's a really then nice and slow release versus like yeah a really like quick and um, spike type release that then makes you feel absolutely garbage then throughout the day. Um, oh fuck, I hate the Westlink so much. Come on, honey. Oh, it's so grim, like. But, yeah, here we are, on the Westlink, struggling to get into a lane. People wrestle with each other, dirty look at each other. Um, I mean, it's just driving. But, look, I thought that was a really interesting one for you guys. I'm really pumped about Paris. If I'm really honest, I was devastated this week when I felt poor on Tuesday and Thursday. But it, it's kind of no surprise because I tried something new. I tried this whole breakfast thing and I pretty much just got the breakfast wrong. And that's a shame. Um, and I was really gutted because if, if I if I had have came down with something, like a bit of a bug or, or COVID, for example, I'd have been really, really upset because I've trained, I've trained really well, maybe like 90 miles a week. Um, you know, a lot of a lot of these double threshold days, a lot of longer type stuff. You know, I've, I've done I've done all sorts. I've done 18 miles. You know, I think at like 5:15 to 5:20, I've done 15 miles in one go around about five minutes. Um, I did. I pretty much did a half marathon on the track. I think I did 20 and a half k. Um, and I was running like a K in 257 and then a K in 315. I was like alternating paces, but I'm pretty sure it would have been like a 64.50 half marathon, something like that. Um, you know, there's been a lot of good work, a lot of good work. And so I was a bit gutted this week because I kind of, I kind of know for sure, I know for sure that I can run 62, 62 something for a half marathon um, but I was kind of hoping that I might surprise myself and I was kind of hoping that you know all this threshold stuff and you know you're looking at 20 to 25 mile a week a quarter of my week um, being like threshold or above I had really tried hard to, and then not only was it like threshold and above there's a lot of athletes are going to say oh I just did a six mile threshold run and, I, and they actually have no idea if they did a six mile threshold run or not because maybe they don't track heart rate and then sometimes heart rate isn't quite accurate enough. You know, they maybe don't, most people aren't running around with a lactometer, but for the last 10 weeks, I have pretty much tracked everything with heart rate and lactometer. And so I was really excited to sort of see what happens when you do 10 weeks and when you say you're gonna do threshold you actually do threshold, you know, you, you sit at, if you're doing a lower, a lower end of threshold session, you know, you don't let the threshold, the lactate go over two and a half. If you're doing a slightly higher end of threshold, like, you know, more like half marathon type stuff, you keep it around three to four. And for once, for literally eight to 10 weeks, I had dialed in to being really disciplined, really controlled, I had to humble myself on a lot of days. You know, I had to really keep the training in check. And then yesterday afternoon, I went to the track and I did a 2K um, right at half marathon-y type heart rate. 
Um, and, and you know, the lactate came in at like 3.1, which is amazing. Um, and I ran the 2K in like 555. Um, so it just, it kind of looks like my half marathon pace is going to be probably between 255 to three minutes per K. Um, you know, depending on how you feel on the day. Um, and if I get that nutrition right and the tapers worked, you know, I might have a day like Lauren where I just felt really, really good. Um, but you know, it's a good sign. It's a good sign that things are going in a, in a positive direction. Um, it's a good sign that I'm excited to race. Um, I, I, I've been nervous. It's definitely been a nervous week. Um, but yeah, I thought I'd just give you a little podcast. Remember the goal. So the goal has always been Rotterdam. You know, I did one session there last week, that five mile, pretty hard to help Paris, help give me an idea of what I might be able to handle in Paris. And of course, if Paris was the big goal, I wouldn't have been doing longer 18 mile, quicker runs, longer 15 mile tempos. Um, I'd have been doing four times two mile, three times three mile. I'd have probably done, you know, a six mile harder tempo, maybe an eight mile harder tempo. I'd have done a lot more work in longer reps, like, you know, like I said, three-mile reps, two-mile reps, um, a, a classic half-marathon sessions, the three times three-mile, getting progressively a bit quicker. Um, or what you can do is just an eight-mile effort, pretty damn hard, and that really helps prep you for then going on and handling a bit longer. Um, or you can do four-mile you know, three mile, two mile, one mile comes out at about, I think, 10 mile or um, four, three. Yeah, so it comes out about 10 mile. Look, there's a handful of sessions I could have done that would have given me a, a, a better chance of running really, really fast at Paris. But the more sessions you do like that, all of a sudden you get to Paris is over and you've, what, four or five weeks to Rotterdam and, and then you're panicking because you're like, oh shit. Why did I focus so much on that half marathon when the big goal is Rotterdam? Um, and so that's kind of the, the sort of understanding why you, you don't necessarily totally, totally focus on the half and the build up to your marathon. Because, you know, your big goal should be all about how the body is utilizing fuel at marathon effort. And there's a bit of a contrast there. So you want your half marathon to go well. You're a human, of course you want it to go well, you feel invested, but at the same time, you do want to make sure that your focus is on the bigger goal of the marathon in a couple of weeks' time after that. So you want to go to Paris, have a good solid run, get home, be healthy, and life can move on. Um, Alright guys, I'm going to leave you with that. I'm going to go into Marks and Spencers and get my quinoa, because I'm so healthy, and I care about my glucose being stable. I, I swear to God, I'm like, I, I used to eat handfuls. And when I talk about used, I'm, I'm sort of talking in a way that, that you'd think this was three months ago. As in four days ago, I used to walk into the fridge and pick up a big handful of Haribo. <laughs> and, and now that I've put this Super Sapiens thing on, I wouldn't dream of going in the fridge and putting on a big, or putting a big handful of Haribo or taking, I don't know why I'm talking funny, taking a big handful of Haribo and shoveling it down me because... My body literally must have been living. There's people that probably think they're depressed because their insulin and their glucose is going absolutely, but this lady cannot drive. She's killing me. Wow.
That is not that difficult. Oh, up the curb and all sorts. Jeez, I'm quite harsh, aren't I? I'm being harsh on drivers here this morning. Yep, you're okay. On you go. Yep. Well done. Um, I'm being a wee bit harsh, I've realised. I'm, I'm commentating drivers. Um, but yeah, okay, back to that point. There is literally people probably think they're depressed because of the impact that their blood glucose and once that blood glucose spikes, bang, insulin's released and you feel absolutely hideous. Hideous. And, and it's a lot of the reason why on double runs I've often felt really shitty because I've mistimed that nutrition. And like I said, if you mistime the nutrition, if you don't go for a run, it's not a big deal. You know, it just drops. But if you go for a run while the insulin's in your body and while the glucose is dropping, it drops even further. And that's when you feel dizzy, nauseous, you know, you're sweating, you're over sweating, etc, etc. But I do have to go because Marks and Spencer's is calling. Okay, bye bye.